This is Wildfire, the B2B Under 30 podcast on MarketScale. Here, B2B's youngest stars share the ideas, concepts, and innovations that are catching fire in the fastest-growing markets. I'm Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and on today's software and technology episode of Wildfire, we're joined by Zach Sharon, co-founder and CEO of Secret Sauce. Zach saw a dilemma among his peers. Stepping out of his alma mater and into the workforce was one of his biggest decisions, and he saw other eager, motivated young professionals with high expectations and focused goals struggling to find that perfect first job, not wanting to make a misstep early in their career, and not wanting to settle. After several signs pointing him in the right direction for his career, including powerful mentors and an encouraging and challenging job offer, Zach decided to give back and share the secret sauce that made his career possible. He sat down with us to give us insight on what drove him to the tech industry, the disconnect between universities and startups, and how he's aiming to connect hungry self-starters with growing companies. Zach, how are we doing today? Doing well, doing well. Enjoying the uh, sunny Southern California weather, so cannot complain. Wow. Uh, What's the temperature like there right now? We're actually in a bit of a a heat wave right now. So we were touching 90, but the closer you get to the beach, the cooler it is. So that's kind of how I try to move, move close to the beach as the day goes on. Well, there was a point here this week, uh, well, I guess it's only Tuesday, right? So it would have would have been would have been earlier this week, whatever. But we um, we were the hottest spot in Dallas, Texas. Was like the hottest place on earth uh, at that moment. It was like 106 degrees. So I envy you, and uh, I can't believe we started this podcast out with weather talk. I mean, wow, classic. <laughs> the the classic small talk. I love it. So, Zach, you are the co-founder and CEO of Secret Sauce, and it's cool to see that you made your way into the tech space, even though you started uh, at UC Santa Barbara planning on going to law school beforehand. That, I mean, that seems like a complete switch. How did you transition out of you know, a career in law or a, a planned career in law to working in a tech space? Yeah, um, just to kind of take things back a little bit. So I went to high school in Colorado and just kind of really was all about the outdoors, snowboarding during the winters, kayaking, hiking, that kind of stuff during the summers. And so going into college, my plan was like, I want to be an environmental lawyer. You know, I want to protect the big open spaces that I've come to enjoy so much. Um, So while I was at UCSB, kind of came in Um, pre-law from the beginning and kind of a funny story. My junior year of college, I was, you know, self-studying for the LSAT, getting ready, felt good about it. Um, Come November or yeah, November, I believe, took the LSAT and felt great. I remember calling my mom actually, called my mom. I was like, hey mom, how are you? She's like, good. How'd the test go? And I was like, Honestly, I feel like I didn't miss a question. Maybe I just, you know, I'm just feeling that way and I bombed it, but right. felt great about the test. And I was like, all right, this is good. Went and got all my recommendations for law school from professors and my coach. And come December, so about a month or two after the test, 
I'm actually back in Colorado snowboarding um, with my best friend, Scott. And I get an email when we're actually at the top of the lift. And I see that it's from the group that administers the test. I'm like, oh, sweet. I got my score. So, you know, we ski down, we get to the lodge, you know, we're kind of, there's like this little anticipation as I'm opening the email, going to see my score, really excited. I open the email and the first, you know, few words is we regret to inform you. I'm like, oh, okay. Where? That is the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Where is this going? So read further. And apparently either someone tried to tamper with the tests after they had been collected. So sometimes you get kids who, you know, try to sneak in the room or change their scores after, or it never made it to the test center. So there was something like if the tests don't make it to the graders within a certain amount of time, they just cancel the test. Um, So my test was to never be graded. Um, Oh, Yeah, that, so that is like I, I I don't even know like is that that almost feels like worse news than getting your score back and being like wow I bombed that like you you will never know that's so brutal. Yeah, you know at the same time though I I kind of took it as a sign because right around the time that I'd taken the test I'd started interning at this tech startup you know long long way around to answering getting to the answer of your question. <laughs> yeah, no, um, love it. I'd started, I'd started interning at this uh, tech startup on a new team, and I was the first intern that they hired on this new team. And I was, I was loving the work. Um, I was you know, going in before school started, so I was getting to the office at like 4.30 or 5 a.m. every morning. Um, we worked with a lot of like East Coast partners. Um, so I was getting into the office, you know, first person in the office, um, and I'd work till like 3 p.m. I'd go back to... Back to the campus, go to lacrosse practice, do my homework, go to bed, wake up the next morning, do the same thing. And I was just kind of in the swing of it. You know, I, I was really buying into all the, you know, the, the who robbed the company and what the company was doing. And it, you know, it felt really good. So when I got this, when I got this letter from the, the group that administers the, the LSAT, I was kind of like, all right, well, you know, I did have the option to t- retake it for free, but something something in in the universe or or whatever it was told me you know you're you're on a good path right now you're enjoying what you're doing you know just just keep on that path and kind of see where it takes you um so kind of towards halfway point of my junior year i kind of figured out that i could graduate early um so i told i told the company i was like hey you know i can graduate early i'd like to i'd like to work full time for you guys after i graduate and they actually um, let me start working full time while I was still still in school before I graduated, and kind of two months before graduation, I actually found out that we were opening a new office in New York. So not only did I kind of get to swing being full time while still in school, which is great, I got to move to New York. Um, actually, before I graduated, I had to go to all my professors and say, "Hey, I'm I'm sorry, uh, I'm actually not going to be here during finals week because I'm moving to New York for a job. And at first I was kind of like, I don't know how this is going to go. But all of them, as college professors are, were like, oh my God, you have a job. Like, go, go, go. We'll, f- we'll figure out what to do with your test. Um, so I took, took most of my finals in advance. And then actually one, one pesky final, the professor said, you know, I don't want you to take it early. I want you to take it when everyone else does. So I'm going to email you the test when I administer it in class. 
I hadn't really read the email right or something like that, but I'm in a cab going to watch the NBA finals uh, at a bar <laughs> in New York. And I get this email that says, you know, history 160A final or something like that. So I'm like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> so we get, we get to this sports bar. I'll never forget Finnerty's in the East Village. I luckily have my work computer with me. People are getting, you know, starting to get ready for the game. You know, beers are being poured. The place is packed. And I'm on the floor in the corner of the bar on my laptop taking this last final of college. And wow. that, that, that was how, that was the end of college for me was, was that. And then what a, what a finish. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's literally like charging through the finish line with your hands up being like, I am done. Like you, the, the transition out of college right into being able to enjoy a game and, and chug a beer, uh, that, that must've been a good feeling. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a big moment. And it was really cool just because, you know, I was part of this small team at the company and to just, you know, a bunch of them were, were there with me to kind of have them be able to celebrate that moment with me. And I remember my manager sent out this email to the entire company with me sitting on the floor of the bar with my computer, <laughs> like, you know, whenever you're feeling like you're stressed out or you got too much on your plate, remember Zach forgot about his last final of college and had to take it on the floor of a bar. And <laughs> it was just this, this big thing. And it, you know, it meant a lot to be able to share that moment with, with those guys. And then flash forward, you know, about a year being in New York, um, that company I was working for was acquired um, by Amazon actually. So we were acquired by Amazon and then they kept our Santa Barbara office where I was working previously. So I actually moved back to Santa Barbara after a year, after a year in New York, worked for Amazon for a year and then kind of at a year point working for Amazon, um, my co-founder and I kind of had this idea that we felt so compelled that it was, it was time to leave the the, the nest and go out on our own on this on this venture and now here you are on the wildfire podcast exactly. your, your life story there it is <laughs> yeah i well you know i i love that everything fell into place for you um i mean it sounds like it sounds like it was sign after sign that you were doing the right move and people were encouraging you along the right path and i think it's great that you ended up at a startup uh, i mean i I'm working currently at, like, the company isn't a startup, but the publication's arm of it when I joined was still very much in its startup phase. It's starting to graduate now out of it and, and solidify a little more, but but things were still relatively fresh. And I have learned so much being in a startup and taking on so much more responsibility. Um, what did you find while you were working at a startup? Like, wh what was some of the best parts of being at, a small company where you assumed so much more responsibility right off the bat? Yeah. So, I mean, just that from the start, you know, being, being a, a college kid where, you know, I, I went to a, a handful of my classes and took, wrote the papers and showed up to the tests and to go from that, that kind of lifestyle into this company where it was immediately, you know, new team. We have all these different things we need you to either be able to do right now or learn how to do very quickly. Um, so for me, I'm someone who's just, I always want to be in a position where I am learning. Um, and so that, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, I came in, I didn't have a technical background. Um, I had to learn, you know, 
what made our product work, how to use the product, how to get other people who were then hired, how to onboard them. Since we were, since we were such a small team, you know, everyone kind of shared the load. And I think just the amount of responsibility and with that responsibility comes impact. You know, when you have a lot on your plate and you're able to get it all done and you're in this small startup environment, like your work has such a clear, tangible impact on the rest of the company. And for me, being able to like very clearly see like how my work translated into the success of the business was just like so fulfilling. I just, you know, to be a kid, you know, 20, 21 years old and, and be able to be put in such like a highly leveraged position at a company like that, working, you know, on really important projects, things like that was just like, how could, what could be better than this? What could I be doing out of college right now that could possibly be better than this? So I just, I just ate it up. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, a startup is the perfect kind of company for someone young and um, really determined and someone that has, you know, a, a lot of passion for what they're doing. I mean, it's the perfect place to start out. You you get in there fresh and you start doing a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, that is that is the best kind of learning experience is just getting in there and doing it. Um, and I feel like, especially for a tech company, um, finding people that are, are, are motivated to hop in and just go gung-ho about it, I mean, it must be great. Did you feel like... Um, it maybe is, is particularly difficult for tech companies to find uh, hungry young workers to join the workforce? You know, and that, that's kind of part of what makes tech startups such a kind of unique environment for people is that, you know, they're, they're looking for a very specific type of person that is, you know, motivated, hungry to learn, lots of energy, um, and, you know, open to kind of take on different projects and, you know, some, some sort of appetite for volatility in terms of, you know, something you might be working on today, the company could pivot away from doing um, a few weeks later, you know, everything moves very fast. So it takes a very, you know, specific type of person to kind of, you know, jump right into it and just embrace it like I did. The beauty of kind of where we're at now is that, you know, tech startups are kind of the, the backbone of the economy right now. You see them popping up everywhere where it used to be isolated, you know, in, in Silicon Valley, there are startups everywhere. And because of that, it's slowly becoming more of kind of a traditional, I won't say traditional, but like more established path out of college. You see, you see more kids than you ever have before. You know, what are you doing after graduation? Oh, I'm going to go work at this startup and, and do this. Um, the, the hard thing and the thing that, you know, I dealt with in college, I was lucky. UCSB has an awesome like technology management program that is a take on kind of where colleges with business schools have an entrepreneurship minor or something like that. Um, but it's very focused on, you know, starting your own kind of technology-centric startup. So the classes that I was able to take for that kind of got me comfortable with, you know, a lot of what it takes to work there. Um, but at the same time, there's this kind of gap between startups and students that still exist today. And a lot of it has to do with just understanding a day in the life. You know, 
you can watch Silicon Valley. You can, you can read all the books in the world about what it's like, but you'll never really understand what it's like to work at a startup until you do that. And for colleges, it's hard for them to kind of teach that in a classroom setting. You know, most of, most of your traditional professors and whatnot at colleges, you know, come from academic or, you know, corporate backgrounds and startups, they don't have the time or the money to, you know, set up these, you know, events where you see like big accounting firms or big, you know, bigger technologies, the oracles and the, the Amazons of the world where they can come into schools and they can say, you know, this is what it's like to work at Amazon or this is what it's like to work at Oracle. And, you know, we have this developmental program that you can do while you're in school. You can co-op things like that. That, that, that bridge doesn't really exist for startups. Um, colleges, college students and startups are all kind of on a different page in terms of how do we, how do we get college student informed about what it's like to work at a startup? How do we teach them the skills, whether they be technical skills or not, that kind of makes them a good candidate for a company? And then how do they get through to actually starting day one at that company, being in that environment and feeling really comfortable with it and thriving? Yeah, yeah. That, that's It's such a unique issue because uh, I feel like young, hungry, motivated students fresh out of college would want to go immediately to a startup. And startups are looking for those people, the people that aren't maybe jaded, you know, with the whole industry or jaded with corporate work and, and they want to get in there and start something new and have an impact. Uh, I feel like this is even a, a problem that has exacerbated more with the younger generation of people that are, are more connected um, and are trying to find more of that passionate, impactful meaning in the work they do. I mean, have you noticed that since you've been working at a startup that that this new wave of, I mean, I don't want to use the word millennial because it's uh, it's taboo now, I feel like, right? Like, yeah. But but this this new wave of, of people that are entering the workforce or have been in the workforce for a few years, um, are you seeing them crave that more so? Definitely. I think, I think for a lot of current college students or, or recent grads, um, going and working at a startup is a much more attractive path. You know, our, our generation, label it however you want and blame us for ruining every industry. Right, for know. killing Toys yeah. R Us. <laughs> no, th those articles perform well, so, so keep writing them. But the, our generation, you know, with kind of this connectedness and, you know, the, the propensity to want to travel and to want to try, you know, what the world has to offer and what what you know work has to offer work is what we spend most of our time doing so our generation you know unsurprisingly wants to feel good about what they spend most of their time doing and wants to put a lot of thought into that first step out of college is a huge inflection point in in a young person's life you know that job you take out of college that that's you proving to your parents to your family to you know everyone around you that like they were right to invest in you and they were right to, to, you know, put you through school if, if they put you through school or if they just the emotional support that, that your friends and family invest in you to get you through, through school. It's getting that first job is what, what makes it all worth it for everyone. You know, it's like 
okay, they, they, they can do it. They are out on their own. You know, they are, they're making money. They, you know, they have their own apartment. It's, it's that big proof point that every young person really needs to show the world, who, whoever is in their life. They, they need that proof point. And you see more and more now that that first step, that first job out of college, or even that internship out of college, people are putting much more thought into what that is and where they want to be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely harder to take, you know, like it's not, uh, it's not just, okay, I'm going to just hop into this job because it's available. A lot of times, yeah, I've noticed my, uh, my peers and a lot of people, even just a little older than me too. I mean, they, they waited it out. They wanted that first job to be meaningful, to be important. And, uh, you know, they didn't just want to take, um, any old job. They wanted something that would make them feel fulfilled. Exactly. Exactly. And I think too, you know, you have this prolification of different job search websites and um, things like that, where it seems like all these different opportunities are at your fingertips. So there's almost, we're almost getting to a point where I feel like there's, there's too much noise. You know, there's, I could go work here and do this. I could go work here and do this. And I think now we're starting to enter this phase where, like you said, you know, a lot of people are kind of waiting on that perfect opportunity. And I think what a lot of, a lot of students and recent grads are struggling with is they, they want this perfect opportunity, but they can't really define what it is. And I think a big reason of why we, why we wanted to start Secret Sauce is that we want to help provide that direction. And we, we believe that that direction is, you know, even if you don't know exactly what you want to do, if you're someone who wants fulfillment and wants responsibility and wants to make an impact, Regardless of what the startup may be working on, you know, ideally, if you are really into, you know, renewable energy, you go and work at some solar tech startup or something like that. But regardless of what the product may be, going into that environment as that first big step, you're going to get all those things that you want to be spending your time doing. And you're going to find that the people you work with and the, the workplace culture that you're a part of and the freedom that startups usually a lot compared to, you know, really any other workplace is going to offer that to you. So even if you're not sure what you're good at or what you really enjoy, putting yourself in a place where you're with people that you can relate to, who are, you know, not 30, 40 years older than you, who are not, you know, automatically assuming because you're younger, you're less capable. Going into a startup, you are immediately expected to make that impact. And that's why we believe it's so important to really guide students and recent grads into that, into that space and in that direction. I think that brings up perfectly the next thing I wanted to hit on with you, which was, you know, you basically what you're doing is you're providing for um, for young students that maybe don't know exactly how to find that perfect job, that perfect fulfilling next step. You're giving them the mentorship, you're giving them the guidance. And I think that's really important and something that um, 
you know, can be can be difficult to accept sometimes is knowing like, okay, I don't have to do everything alone. I can ask for help. I can have someone come in and show me, guide me the right direction. Did you have anything like that while you were searching for that next job? I mean, who, who was your mentor? Who was your guide? And how did that sort of inspire you to want to do the same for students who um, are seeking that that big step? Yeah, so I was very lucky where I've I've I have several kind of mentors and and sounding boards in my life that I've been able to call in at different times. Um, I think for me, being part of that startup environment right when I was out of college and while I was still in college, you're immediately surrounded by you know people who have been in that space and who have seen what it's like to go from fresh college grad doesn't know anything if it was if you were in my shoes you know you thought you knew everything but you really knew nothing and how to approach you know this this step and so for me you know a lot of you know my first two managers and the you know the vice president who led this new team that we were on um Alex, Brendan, and Oshwin, respectively, you know, they really just kind of took me, took me in and they were encouraged me to ask questions and encouraged me to, to really, you know, be comfortable with not knowing how something worked or being okay with, you know, I broke something. How do I fix it? You know, a lot of, a lot of the startup rhetoric that you see is, you know, figure it out yourself, you know, grind, grind, grind. Um, if you break it, you'll fix it later. Just get it out. There's so much of this kind of like pressure, especially on a young person to kind of isolate yourself and just, you know, put your head down, crank it out and figure it out. And one of the most valuable things that those guys imparted on me was that it's okay to ask for help. You know, being open to asking for help is, was such a kind of like a turning point to me because I got my whole life through through school and everything, just like, I'll figure out the answer. I'll figure out how to do this on my own. You know, even in group projects, I was kind of the kid who was like, yeah, you, you, you know, I'll, I'll handle, I'll handle this. If you guys want to chip in, you know, that'd be, that's great. But if not, it's, it's not a big deal. I'll do it. So, so to go from that and to be around these people who are older than me and, but still young enough to relate to where I was in my career, they really opened me up to, to being able to ask for help, which was such like a powerful realization. It may, it may not sound, you know, like, you know, this big epiphany, but learning how to ask for help and learning how to be open to asking for help is so valuable. And it can do so much to someone who, who doesn't know what they want to do and doesn't, you know, know where they want to take their, their, this big step. And so for us now to be in a position where we can kind of impart this wisdom that we've learned about what it's like to work at a startup and what it's like to assume these different roles and responsibilities and what it's like to, you know, be in a place where you, where you don't know what you're doing um, is, is exactly that. You know, we, we want to kind of pass that, pass that torch along so that the next, you know, generation of, of kids working in a similar role to what I was doing, you know, will we'll break less things and, um, right. <laughs> exactly that. And, and be comfortable with not, with not knowing everything and, and being comfortable with, with being unsure about what to do next or where to be. And 
when you open yourself up to that too, that's, that's when you find mentors. Another, another, to diverge a little bit, another question we get a ton is like, how, how do you find a mentor? Um, you know, you, you, any kind of like entrepreneurial magazine or things like that, there's like, you know, nine ways to find a mentor or why you need this kind of mentor and this kind of mentor and why mentors are so important. And it is like a really crucial part of, you know, the startup environment. You know, venture capitalists act as mentors. Your board acts as mentors. Mentorship is what makes the whole thing kind of plug along. And my, my answer to that question is usually, you know, just like ask someone for help. Ask someone who's been there. Ask someone who, you know, is a little further along in their career than you. And they're, they're always going to be willing to, to shed that advice, you know, to not have made the mistakes that I made early in my career. You know, the next best thing I could do other than not making them in the first place is helping someone else not make those same mistakes. Right. Yeah. It's, it's knowing, okay, I, I screwed up here and I really want to make sure no one else does the same thing just out of like a, a sense of empathy, which is, uh, which is important. It's good to be empathetic. Yeah, definitely. And, and especially in, in the world of technology too, where, where empathy is sometimes, I don't want to say forgotten, but it's, it's not usually the core of whatever product is being designed. Um, for, for us, when we had, you know, spent this time working at startups and we had been kind of plugging along and working on these different products, you know, there's a point where it stopped feeling as fulfilling to us. And what we found was that, you know, we really wanted to be in a position where we, we could offer almost like empathy, empathy as our product, you know, empathy is at the core, core of what we do at our company now. And that is like, you know, really getting to know these students and where, where they want to be and what they want to learn and the type of environment where they feel like they'll thrive, the type of role that, that is like at the center of what we do. And so that's kind of how we, we went to this point where, you know, that, that, that could be a business for us. And so that's, that's kind of how we're, how we're taking empathy in, in this, this direction. So with Secret Sauce, I mean, you've, you've really taken it upon yourself to empower young students and young professionals to find that job that they really want in the tech industry. And I feel like that must be turning some heads and it must be getting people um, more aware of what a younger generation of workers is looking for in their jobs. I mean, have you seen um, have you seen just this influx with more young workers wanting to head towards startups affecting the way other corporations and other larger companies maybe brand themselves or try to make themselves more uh, appealing to uh, younger workers? I mean, definitely, definitely. I think when you look at, you know, the, the, the big corporations nowadays, a lot of them started as scrappy startups. Um, so you do kind of carry that spirit along, hopefully, no matter how big you get. Um, but you know, one of the, one of the things that I've noticed a lot of is actually in kind of just the, the notion of like workspaces. So you'll see now a lot of the big companies, instead of having, you know, these giant corporate towers and these headquarters are actually starting to, you know, rent a couple floors through WeWork and things like that. So it's kind of this more like open workspace because they know that's really what's attractive to kind of this new generation of workers. And you see them offering, 
you know, becoming much more comfortable with the idea of remote work. You know, startups like remote work is is almost assumed wherever you go at a startup, you're going to be okay to take some time to work remotely. Big companies like that, that's kind of for for a lot of them, that's like a new thing. And you see a lot of them kind of implementing it because they know that that's what the younger generation wants. They want that freedom. Um, also, things as simple as the way that they're starting to brand themselves to students on campus and things like that, you know, big companies, in, instead of coming and saying, you know, come work for our big corporate office and work your way up the corporate ladder and, you know, have your, you know, your corporate card and your corporate car and all those different things that used to be so attractive to, you know, like our, our parents' generation is kind of what I think of, is you see them saying, you know, we're starting this new small team that that's focused on helping, you know, this small market or working in kind of like this, this space that's up and coming, you know, you, you see them adopting a lot of what makes startups so exciting and kind of saying like, Hey, you know, we can do that too. And I think it, I think in that sense, it's, it's good for everyone because, you know, working, working at a startup, you know, it's not, it's not for everyone. And so if there are more options where, you are given that freedom and you are given like a very open, welcoming, comfortable work environment. And you're given, you know, a lot of the perks that have for the last, you know, five, 10 years really remained in the startup world. If you can get those, you know, at bigger companies, that that's good for everyone. You know, we want, no matter who you are, you should be going into a, a, a workspace where you feel really comfortable and accepted and, and just like happy, happy to be there. Yeah, I mean, especially if you're going to be spending so much time there, you're going to want to feel like you're wanted there, like it's a space that you feel comfortable in, um, like visually appealing. I feel like that's something that maybe sometimes goes unchecked. But yeah, you want to make sure that you're walking into work and things look nice, right? Your your walls are painted a friendly color. There's some potted plants, you know what I mean? Like stuff as simple as that, that just makes it feel more at home. And it's cool to see that these young companies that are uh, attracting um, this younger workforce are sort of influencing the whole business world to attract the younger workforce in their own ways, to try and be more visually appealing, um, more socially stimulating, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And our our kind of like key tenet and like the core component of of what we're doing at Secret Sauce is diversity. You know, for the longest time, tech has been very homogenous. You get a lot of kind of the the generic like white white male, Asian male is your your kind of stereotypical population at a tech company. And the great irony, of course, is that my co-founder Brendan and I are are an Asian male and a white male, but <laughs> right. Our our big thing is, you know, we saw how much benefit bringing diversity into a company can bring. Diversity of thought, diversity of background, diversity of of upbringing, and we we have this unique position where we're working with with students. You know, we're at the ground level of kind of the the talent pipeline and the recruiting pipeline, where we can go in and we can really, you know understand why some 
groups of people and why others have not been able to kind of get this, get their foot in the door in the tech industry. And the more, you know, kind of diverse group of students that we can work with, you know, our hope is that, you know, that's just like a baby step towards making the, the tech industry as a whole more diverse. And kind of to go back to talking about the big companies, you know, you see, you see, you know, once a year, all the big tech companies release kind of their diversity statistics and they set these diversity goals. And a lot of times you'll read them and it says, you know, we set these goals, we haven't hit them yet, but we're actively working towards them. And the beauty of a startup is, you know, you are a small team. You're, you're, the way you set goals for diversity and the way you, I don't want to say goals for d- diversity, but just kind of like the way that you want to foster diversity in your startup rather, that's a lot easier to attain because you're a smaller team. You know, you can really actively make that a core component of who you are as a company. And that's kind of the, the connection we want to bring. You know, we want to work with a diverse group of students and bring them to companies who really want to foster a work environment that, that values diversity and values community and values, you know, you know, building, building, building almost a family of people all working together. And if that, if that abstracts to the bigger companies, you know, the, the working world will be a, a much better place. Yeah, and a more realistically representative place of of the actual world, right? You know, is is uh, letting your workplace feel like a representation of of the world around you, not being um, you know sta- standardized or homogenized, like you said, based on uh, a preconception or a um, just a general a general sequence of people that you've had through the company. So yeah, that's that's exciting that you are pushing that change within startups and within just the entire business world and the fact that you're helping students find those jobs and you're making sure that you create those opportunities for a lot of people it's it's really exciting to see and you know I really just want to the last question here is just tap into your headspace a little bit of where you see yourself taking things um, you're clearly very passionate about what you do and the fact that the whole mission around secret sauce is to give back and to empower other people to find the path that you found is um is pretty philosophically fulfilling too you know like your your whole job is um is is very oh, i'm i'm missing the word um philanthropic that's the word philanthropic and and i i love that so where do you see yourself in the next few years, how do you see yourself really making an impact um, in the tech world and really leading a powerful change in the kinds of people that work in the tech industry and the kind of jobs that are available for uh, this next generation of workers? Yeah. So when I when I left uh, my my full time job at Amazon to to pursue this and devote kind of myself to this idea and to work on it full time. You know, my, my thinking was, you know, this, this was the last time I have to work for someone else. Now I kind of have control over, over where, where I take this. And, you know, I've always kind of carried this assumption that when I'm in full control of my time, that's where I'll be the most efficient and be able to accomplish the most. So, you know, starting off, this is just an experiment putting that hypothesis to the test. Now, 
using that, that, that belief and wanting to kind of command this, this change in, in technology and wanting to kind of bring more and more people into the fold. I think really, really the, the goal of what we're doing at Secret Sauce is to make the way that technology reflects the people who build it much more, like you said, representative of the world. You know, you, you look at these massive, you know, technological innovations. And for the longest time, so much of those innovations have been designed by like a very small subset of, of what the world looks like and what the world believes and what the world uh, thinks about and considers important. And I think, you know, what we have the opportunity to do is really cast an extremely wide net as to who finds moving into the startup world an attractive, interesting, compelling first step. And the more people that we can get to do that, the wider the variety of ideas and the wider the variety of innovations and accomplishments that you know the tech industry can can come up with as a whole will be you know much more reflective and much more accurate of what what the world needs and what the world wants and you know <laughs> i realizing how lofty of a goal i just set for myself <laughs> yeah that's that that's a big goal man that's a big goal <laughs> but it's like it it's little by little you know you work with you work with one student and you help them find a job that they are so happy about and they go and they you know they they work their way up at this startup and they're all of a sudden someone who's in a decision making position and they end up making a crucial decision to the direction that that company goes in and that company ends up you know being a really important part of whatever they're working on and then you work with two kids and you get to put those two kids in touch with that first person you helped and they impart this wisdom and they impart kind of this mentorship that we were able to provide to them originally. And you kind of create this chain reaction of, of people who are kind of going into the tech space with, with a much more kind of respect for, respect for, you know, diversity of idea and diversity of thought and and wanting to wanting to build things not just to build things but to to build things that help people and to build things that that make make the world a better place and you know our our entire business is dedicated to to helping people helping people you know if you're a student helping you find that that first step that first big career step and if you're a startup you know helping you find those kids and and we think by like positioning ourselves in that place like we can we can inspire a lot of a lot of change for the better yeah yeah it's it's an acknowledgement and a respect of the insecurities too you know like just acknowledging that everyone is, was in the same place as you were and now that you've made it it's giving back in the space that you're so passionate about and the fact that you're helping create that within the tech industry is really exciting and i wish you the best and i'm so excited to see where you take secret sauce so zach you know i'm really really thankful you came on the podcast thanks again and uh hope you enjoyed the convo because i definitely learned a lot and i, I feel more inspired to be to be a little more philanthropic 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. And you know, that's what we're doing. We just want to, we want to inspire and empower. And you know, we, we, we've got you thinking that way now. So like I said, one by one and right. we'll make our way slowly, but surely. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a chain reaction, a domino effect. You, you, you got me on board. Now it's on to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks again, Zach. Yeah, thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening to Wildfire. And if you'd like to hear more episodes or some of our other podcasts, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. Today's featured song was You've Got Mail by Potsy. If you enjoyed the tune, you can find it in the podcast description on our site. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.